Welcome to another Compressed Fusion Reaction. I'm Simon. And I'm Eugene. And tonight we're looking at Doctor Who Flux, Chapter 5, Survivors of the Flux, which is definitely moving into the endgame here in an episode that is much more the product of the preceding episodes rather than a new situation in its own right. Split across several strands and with the Doctor separated from her companions for the entirety of the episode. It's made me think a little bit about the way that Flux as a whole has been structured, because it definitely seems to me that Chibnall has begun to start resolving things here. So I guess it doesn't quite fit perfectly, but the idea of a three-act structure would have this as the beginning of the third act with the, the final chapter next week. So we had a cliffhanger and as I mentioned before, I'm quite interested in the cliffhangers on this. Really good cliffhanger. Really not that good resolution, basically, as you alluded to uh, with you, how you thought the episode three cliffhanger might be resolved. This one actually was uh, just resolved by basically undoing it. So it didn't really deliver on that. Although that's kind of in terms of the Doctor being turned into an angel, at least the Yaz and Dan being stuck on an isolated piece of imploding 1901 did actually lead to something in this episode, although I'm still not quite sure how they managed to leave Mediton through the vacuum of space. I did, however, quite like the vignette structure that we got for that part of the episode. Uh, and I think that compares much more favourably because I've always had a bit of a bugbear with these episodes that, you know, a year passes like the year of Martha Jones, or I think they did it in Battlestar Galactica, the new version. And so sort of seeing snapshots of how they passed that time was quite entertaining. So I enjoyed that element. I cared much less for revisiting the whole the Doctor is a virus worth destroying the entire universe for. But one thing about the big multiple strands here is that if you don't like one, another one you like better will come along in a moment. There's Swarm and Azure, there's Vinda and Diane, there's Belle and uh, Carvinista. There's a whole backstory here with the Doctor's past, and we touched on this in Tiny's Children, but the, the, the Doctor seems to be very invested in who she was before she became who she remembers. I still don't understand why she cares. I also think they're kind of stretching the whole chameleon arc thing. The chameleon arc is an entire person, not just a way of offloading a backup of your memories. Never mind that, we had a new, whole new unit dating and continuity controversy opened up in this episode. Woohoo! Um, we had the Sontarans back, somewhat unsurprisingly, and we had Jericho back from last week. And like Carvinista, I'm enjoying Jericho more than I'm enjoying Jan, uh, Dan as a companion. So I would also prefer for him to be the one to stick around as a companion post-flux. Oh, well, let's enjoy them at least for one more episode. Well, like what's left of the universe post the flux, this episode is an empty, hot mess. While I applaud the efforts in this chapter to begin to merge some of the seemingly pointless threads, not only does it feel too little too late, but Chibnall has tossed yet another one into the mix with that entirely new and out-of-the-blue unit thread that, once again, retcons unit's history. At this point, I'm desperately wishing, with the multiverse being in play, that next week 
we learn that all this crap that's been hoisted on the Doctor's history is actually a conflation with a parallel universe. But did I like the episode? No. I'm increasingly feeling like I'm having my time wasted. At this point, it seems clear that this story has about as much depth as watching a pinball machine. It can be fun, but it's ultimately an empty experience. Our characters bounce from one bumper to another with no more agency than a pinball itself. With so many pointless strands, the best part about this chapter is that I cannot bother to even mention Vinder, Bell, Die, Carbonista, the Swarm, or Azure. They were there. They bumped around a bit. We can ignore them. After four full episodes of the Doctor landing somewhere, not knowing what's going on, then giving a bunch of expository dialogue trying to make it look like she knows what's going on, in episode five, actually it was pretty much more of the same. Sadly, we have apparently confirmed that the stupid stuff the Master told her last season is true. Come on, Parallel Universe, save us from this! Perhaps most paradoxically, the most substantive part of this chapter was the improbably fast globetrotting done by Yaz, Dan, and Jericho, who are all still stranded back in 1904. I say paradoxically because while it seems the most substantial, it's almost certainly going to turn out to be inconsequential, much like last week's Angel story, the equivalent of a classic Doctor Who's running up and down the corridors episode. The premise is that the Doctor and Yaz are separated, and the Doctor, knowing nothing of Yaz's whereabouts or situation, has told Yaz that some smart people probably must know when the Earth will be destroyed. Yaz, trapped in the early 20th century, 117 years prior to the event of the Flux, on a backwards, non-spacefaring planet, embarks on an Indiana Jones-style quest to find said smart people. Yaz first tries to find the answer on a piece of pottery in a pre-9th century Mayan temple and have that translated by someone in Constantinople before traveling to Nepal to ask a hermit an unrelated question, then traveling to China to paint a message on the ground for Carvanista to see 117 years in the future, and then finally, after a freak random temporal incident, returning to Liverpool to look in those damn tunnels. If it sounds stupid when I say it like that, it's because it is. Next week's conclusion needs to wrap up the Flux, the Division, the Ravagers, the Grand Serpent, the next Centauran invasion of Earth, a story which hasn't even really started yet, rescuing, if possible, Yaz and the gang, whatever's going on with Die, Joseph Williamson in the tunnels, and Bell and Vinder's story. That last plotline has the stench of Chekhov's baby. In a story exploring the Doctor's true origins and the repeated references to the cyclical nature of these events, Bell's baby seems worryingly likely to be the Doctor. Hopefully, even Chibnall doesn't hate us so much that he'd do something that idiotically lame. And this all has to be done in a 60-minute time slot. Famously, Patrick McGowan was forced into hiding after failing to provide the audience a neatly tied-up finale of The Prisoner. I can only imagine how far Chibnall is going to have to run and how long he'll have to hide after next week's finale. I have a question for you, though. You, do, do you actually think Yaz and Dan are going to uh, carry on after the flux? Because I think this is they're gone, both of them. They're not going to be in any of the specials next year. OK, well, your prediction is noted. OK, I've got a question for you. Would he really be satisfied if it turned out to all be a parallel universe? Because it feels like that would be a bit of a big reset switch for me. When, when you Sometimes when you're working on something and you just do something horrible, 
sometimes you just need to say, you know something? It was a bad idea. Let's just wipe it. And that's how I feel what they ought to be doing here. Did did you did you like that in The Last of the Time Lords and The Sound of Drums? The whole reset there? Because I, I, that was one of the... I mean, there were many things. I feel, like, about that, but. I feel like those were intended to be that way from the beginning. And no, it wasn't particularly satisfying. But, no. uh, you know, no, there I, is I hardly... There's hardly any way that you can go in and say, I'm going to kill, what, nine out of ten people on the planet Earth, and then afterwards go on happily and merrily, right? I mean, it's it's the setup of the story that was a sure. bad idea that had to be undone in such a way, because well, they were not, not willing to undone, deal with the consequences of it. I mean, and... the whole Battle of Canary Wharf thing was a bit, I mean, that wasn't undone, and yet that's definitely not something we remember. So... Yeah, I not don't know. Not quite I mean... on the scale. Not quite on the scale of what they did to the what the master did to the earth. Right? That was a complete subjugation of the entire planet. Mass slaughter of people everywhere. Statues I mean... of the master, work camp, slave labor. I mean, it, it's quite a, a heavy ask. And this, this I just feel like he's painted himself into a bad corner and it's like, okay, let's let's paint ourselves back out now. If not, the I, next cause... showrunner will have to do it. But yeah. I I I think I think there are probably going to be timelines in this that are unravelled because we've been told time is running wild and history has changed and and we've been told yeah, it's starting I mean, again. I think we have been presented with certain things to do with the established history of unit that are deliberately contradicting it. But it it sounded like you thought they were not. They were actually trying to wreck on it. I feel like they were, well, I mean, it's possible that we can try to say all continuity glitches are because it's a wacky, but that's also unsatisfying. So, uh, you know. So you, you, you think an extra TARDIS in the unit headquarters was just an accident and you think Lethbridge Stewart being a corporal was just an accident? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh accident really bad idea not sure i don't think it's an accident obviously they wouldn't put the tardis there and they no, wouldn't, I, I think that he wouldn't it. write the line that's corporate leprechauns that's my point that's why i think there's a parallel universe involved here it's so wrong well i yeah, yeah. well i'm not sure it's a parallel universe i think it's i think it's you know a, sh- a shift in history but you know what's what's going to be interesting is whether there is a clear explanation of if if I'm right about that, whether there's a clear explanation of when history has shifted, because what Chibnall clearly is doing is actually picking up some things that he has laid down some time ago, like the whole thing about unit being stood down. It looked like it was a throwaway line at the time. Actually, he was clearly setting something up. So yeah, that's, nah. that's, that suggests that things have been shifting for quite a while. Nah. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think what? I, I don't think the unit standing down thing was planned. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think that's oh, he's, come on. he's working around that one. I think unit is a crutch no. that you, I, in a way, I love unit. Don't get me wrong, but unit's a crutch, right? So if, if the doctor is in 20th century Earth and aliens are invading it and the doctor does not get with unit for support, then something's wrong. Or that unit doesn't show up, and they don't because unit is really no longer part of the fabric of this show, and so they had to have a way why people would stop saying, "Well, why didn't you call unit?" 
because units been defunded government <laughs> they suck but that's away. not the point that's not the point the 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 point is that it's how he did it it's like blowing that, up the it's like blowing up the sonic screwdriver it's like it's a crutch we have it it's a problem we need to just be done with it yeah but it's it's how you do it i think i i even watched this one twice and i just so utterly nonplussed by it that i spent my time calculating how long sea miles were between <laughs> 107 116 days minimum sea time that's not including overland time you know which like for example nepal you you don't get to nepal by steamership you get to india or bangladesh and then walk in 1904 or ride a horse or a camel or whatever the local is. So that I, I, you know what it would, I really was kind of bugged by the fact that they didn't start in say 1902. Why? And because Mexico, 1904, Constantinople, 1904, China, 1904, Nepal, 1904, Liverpool, 1904. Couldn't have done that in 1904. And they just blew three years. They could have started and said Mexico, 1902, Constantinople, it, oh, 1902, Nepal, 1903. It would have far more ridiculous. They're practically doing airplane miles here on that show. But but you would you would have been equally happy if it had been, you know, 1905, 1906, or did you yeah. want it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I just can't yeah. figure out why they, they had to leap three years before they started that process. That was the kind of weird thing, if they were going to spend the equivalent of years in the process. I, you know, we're going into the, we're going into the last one and I'm really, I really am concerned. I mean, they've thrown up the unit storyline and I'm not talking about the, well, actually the unit storyline, but the, the unit setup here for the Kate Stewart resistance of the Suntarans of earth, which is just a completely extra piece of stuff. They got to solve next week. It just doesn't seem possible. And I did check the radio times listings. They've only got an hour slot. This is, oh man. This is really going to tie up fast, no matter what they do. It does feel like they've done some of the tying up groundwork in this one. I mean, I, like 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 you, I, I I do think next week is going to be fairly significant. I will. I'm sort of giving fifty percent of the marks now. I sort of have enjoyed the first five episodes. Okay, this one maybe not as much as last week's one, but otherwise, I have enjoyed the episodes in the sense that. Even if next week's is a total washout, you know I'm I'm willing to give credit for that. But it but it is like yeah, the other fifty percent of the marks does come down to how you resolve that because you know it's a serial and them is the rules. So yeah, it 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 will all come down to that. But for this particular hour, eh, I was nonplussed and and well, deeply concerned. So that it, it, it's see. not raising it's not raising my hopes for a good conclusion it's just piling on more things to concern me about yet another completely utterly craptastic chibnall anti-climax ending which he is the master of well we shall have to see so this has been the the last of our compressed fusion reactions on flux we will be discussing that final chapter which is called the vanquishers and sharing our thoughts on Flux as a whole in a regular full-fat edition of the podcast. So keep an eye on our feed for that. In the meantime, Eugene, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, it's always fun. And I hope you will join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol.